0: fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is August 31st, 2022 and our first story. Republicans are preparing to impeach Joe Biden if they win the midterms. And the media and Democrats are already freaking out. Numerous articles popping up saying it's complete BS. There's no reason to impeach Joe Biden. The reality is there is. I mean, Ukraine is one good example. Joe Biden's quid pro quo. But there will need to be some investigations. And that's what they're afraid of. In our next story, Project Veritas exposes a school principal for illegal activity. Trying to indoctrinate your kids and refusing to hire conservatives. And in our last story, Natalie Portman gets woke, goes broke. The film crew for her new show was extorted in the street in Baltimore. But Natalie Portman has pushed, defunding the police, complaining about white privilege. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story the media and Democrats are in full-blown panic mode. They're saying that as soon as the GOP wins in the midterms, they're going to impeach Joe Biden. Reminds me of back in 2018 when Donald Trump was campaigning for many Republicans, and he said, if the Democrats win, they will impeach me. And they did. They went on to impeach Trump twice, which is just silly, but he wasn't wrong. Now, We have, let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five, we've got four, I got four articles pulled up right now where the media is like, they're going to impeach Joe Biden. If they win, they'll impeach him. Yeah, you know what? I hope they do. And the media is not completely wrong, but these Democrat activists are losing their minds at the idea that Joe Biden would be held accountable for being a crooked, corrupt individual. Now, Republicans are looking at the border. Sending money to Ukraine and things like that as to why they may actually impeach him. Because impeachment has to be related to something they did as president. I would simply look back at Joe Biden as vice president talking about engaging in a quid pro quo with Ukraine. Quid pro quo with Ukraine. There, I got it. And uh, then I would uh, take a look at what's going on now with Biden advocating for the sending of billions of dollars to Ukraine. And I have to wonder, is this Joe Biden paying them back? or in some way engaging in his nefarious dealings. You have to wonder why it is the U.S. so heavily invested in Ukraine. Serious question. For what purpose is the U.S. and NATO involved in Ukraine? They're not a NATO nation. They're not an ally. We like them. We're negotiating with them. But I wonder if a large component of this is that Joe Biden was doing illicit business dealings. He is on camera admitting to this. So this is the next step. And I got to say, boy, if this is true, what the media is saying is a major, major campaign for the Republicans. Joe Biden's approval rating may have gone up recently. And hey, with all due respect, that's that's fair. In aggregate, Joe Biden's approval rating has now climbed up to around 40 or so percent. Okay, that means the majority of this country would prefer not to have Joe Biden. What's funny is you go to 100 people and you say if they win, they're going to impeach him. When 60 of those people don't like him, you're basically advocating for voting for the Republicans. I find it hilarious that at a time of record gas prices, a downturning economy, energy costs soaring, jobs being lost. Joe Biden coming out desperately waving his arms in the air and saying, you know, I'm doing a good job. It's a good economy. It's a good economy. That they would come out and be like, if you vote for the Republicans, they'll impeach the guy that you don't like. Yeah, okay. Trump's overperforming in the polls. We talked about this the other day. Among independent voters, they favor Donald Trump. So if you're gonna come out and say, we can remove Joe Biden, you know, I start to think about it. Maybe it's exactly what the Democratic establishment wants. Now, if they impeach Joe Biden, are they gonna be able to impeach Kamala Harris? I don't know. But hey, Here's one way to get rid of a dude who seems to be completely out of it. A lot of people speculated that Joe Biden was just too old and he wouldn't make it health wise. He'd either have to step down or some tragedy would unfold. Perhaps there is another message. That other message is that Republicans will impeach and convict. Maybe, maybe the impeachment is over his cognitive abilities. And thus, you will see many Democrats actually say to their constituents, You don't like Joe Biden. Kamala Harris will do a better job. She is younger and more with it. So maybe. I don't know for sure. But my friends, let's read this story. Starting with the Washington Post that says if Republicans take the House, they're going to impeach Joe Biden. We have a bunch of other stories, too. Don't don't forget. The Hill definitively states House conservatives prep plans to impeach Biden. Yeah, they've been working on this for some time. But before we get started, my friends, I need your support. Over the Daily Beast, they wrote this article. All is not what it seems, especially when it comes to Tim Pool. Host Will Summer and Andrew Kirill discuss his new song, which they think he's using to lure people into his right-wing world. My friends, help me lure people into my right-wing world by clicking the link in the description below and purchasing the song Only Ever Wanted. I love it. 69 cents on Bandcamp. The song is completely apolitical. It's just like a love and pain song. It's rock and it's, It's like the 12th song I've ever released in my life. Will of the People, I released two years ago. People say they like that one better. Maybe you'll like this one. But it's funny that they're only now realizing it. Why? It's afraid. They realize that culture is influence. And that when Natalie Portman and other celebrities can come out using their cultural influence to direct people politically, that gives them power. So when I make a song that is apolitical, they go, oh, no, he's trying to lure people into his right wing world. My friends, please, if you would like to support my efforts in luring people into my right-wing world, click the link in the description below. Buy the song. I love that in the article they write, he was number two only behind Elton John and Britney Spears. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's afraid. But anyway, link in the description below. Let's read the first story from uh, The Washington Post. Smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. The Post opinion section uh, uh, published this story saying, Republicans are already planning investigations to embarrass the president if they win control of the House, though they have yet to decide whether to impanel a permanent select committee on Hunter Biden or merely spread a dozen Hunter Biden investigations among existing committees. For a moment there, you weren't sure if I was joking, were you? The truth is that there will indeed be Hunter Biden investigations if the GOP takes over. Since what to do about the president's pitiable son is clearly the most pressing challenge America faces. Only the permanent select committee idea is fanciful. I'd like to just pause for a moment and say the evidence that we have attained from the laptop shows that Joe Biden may be involved in illicit business dealings with his son. And uh, Joe Biden is on camera saying of Ukraine that he went to the president and said that he would withhold a billion dollar loan guarantee in violation of U.S. law unless they fired a prosecutor. Just so happens that prosecutor was investigating Barisma, particularly uh, specifically a man named Mykola Zlachevsky was under investigation by the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, and Hunter Biden was on the board of the company founded by Mykola Zlachevsky. Just a coincidence, I suppose, that Joe Biden came in and said, fire him. And the new guy came in and uh, did not pursue charges. Huh. It's weird how that works. Hmm. Must be a big old coincidence but you know what? Either way, there's probable cause. Would love to see an investigation into what Hunter Biden was doing in Ukraine, considering he doesn't speak Ukrainian, nor does he have any experience with energy companies. Yeah, the reality is, it would seem, in my opinion, Hunter Biden is the proxy for Joe. He can take in the money as Joe's son, and they share a bank account. At least that's what they learned from the laptop. So it's been reported. Let's get that investigation. For a moment there, You weren't sure if I was joking, he says. The Wall Street Journal reports that Rep. James Comer, who would lead the Oversight and Reform Committee in a GOP House, says Hunter Biden would be one of his top targets. Rep. Jim Jordan, a Fox News personality with a side gig as a member of Congress, will be spearheading the effort. You just want to pause and say, ah, you love the Republicans going after Hunter Biden. Can I just pause for a minute and say, you should be investigating Joe Biden? Hunter Biden is part of it, his laptop is part of it, but Joe is the person who needs to be investigated. They're going to say, but Hunter probes, along with the desk pounding hearings and other alleged Biden administration misdeeds designed to generate sound bites to be replayed nightly on Fox will not satisfy the constituency of a GOP majority, which is why pressure, uh, which is why pressure will immediately begin building to impeach President Biden. For what you ask, for whatever, it doesn't matter. What matters is that is the cycle Republicans will be locked into in which they both create and respond to the base's demand for more competitiveness, more scandal, and ultimately a way to strike a fatal blow. The president, they loathe. I don't hate Joe Biden. I mean, I despise him for sniffing children. I think he's gross and an awful person. I don't hate him for personal reasons. Well, I actually, I guess that's a personal reason, right? Okay, well, anyway, my point is I don't just blindly hate Biden. I mostly don't care. I am concerned that there is evidence of malfeasance. There's an article called Biden Inc., published by Politico Magazine, that says strangely, the fortunes of the Biden family track perfectly alongside his career. Perhaps we should investigate why it is that Joe Biden's brother gets lucrative contracts in Iraq when Joe Biden was put in charge of Iraq by Barack Obama. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Questions. Hmm. We should probably ask why Joe Biden flew Hunter Biden Air Force Two to China to negotiate a private equity deal. Perhaps we should ask questions about Joe Biden admitting to engaging in a quid pro quo with Ukraine and then now as president sending them millions, millions of dollars. Questions. But for what, you ask the Washington Post? For what? For those reasons I have just laid out. He says the loopier House Republicans are already preparing to impeach Biden, as The Hill reports. No fewer than eight impeachment resolutions have been introduced in this Congress by the likes of Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, with control of the House. That desire will likely build and expand to the point where the party leadership could find it impossible to resist. If you remember the 1998 impeachment of Bill Clinton, this sounds awfully familiar. The fact that impeachment was a political disaster for Republicans will do little to restrain them from doing it all over again. Was it not a political disaster for the Democrats to impeach Trump? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the spattering of news articles, all saying the same thing. The New York Intelligencer says impeaching Biden will be job one if Republicans win the House. Sky News says weak and incompetent, Republicans fixing to impeach Joe Biden post midterms. Boy, this is certainly a major right wing campaign to convince me to vote for the Republicans because I would love to see crooked Joe get impeached. Here's the official reporting from The Hill. House conservatives prep plans to impeach Joe Biden. Now, at first, I'll level with you guys. I didn't like the title that the the Democrats are panicking over this. Uh, You know, and I was like, it's straightforward. The Republicans are planning to impeach Joe Biden if they win. And then as I'm doing research Basically, every single major outlet is like ready to flip the table screaming and making up reasons why it's BS that Joe Biden would impeached. You they really are worried about it. Amazing. At first, I was like, they're just going to repeat the reporting from the Hill. We know Republicans want to do this, but then they they desperately try to justify why it's wrong. There's no real reason to impeach Joe Biden. Listen, heed my words. And then I'm like, man, they're freaking out, huh? You know, every article I see where they freak out, I'm kind of like, Maybe I should vote Republican. Well, I wouldn't vote Democrat, that's for sure. I would like to see some Mises Caucus guys win, get some libertarians in Congress, mind you, but, you know, we'll see. The Hill reports, Republicans hoping to seize control of the House in November are already setting their sights on what is, for many of them, a top priority next year, impeaching President Biden. A number of rank and file conservatives have already introduced impeachment articles in the current Congress against the president. They accused Biden of committing high crimes in his approach to a range of issues touching on border enforcement, the coronavirus pandemic, and the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't forget that. The surrender of Afghanistan? Absolutely. Those resolutions never had a chance of seeing the light of day, with Democrats holding a narrow control of of the lower chamber. But with Republicans widely expected to win, where did they just jump me? Uh, Republicans widely expected to win the House majority in the midterms, many of those same conservatives want to tap their new potential powers to oust a president they deem unfit. Some would like to make it a first order of business. Quote, I have consistently said President Biden should be impeached for intentionally opening our border and making Americans less safe, said Rep. Bob Good. Congress has a duty to hold the president accountable for this and any other failures of his constitutional responsibilities. So a new Republican majority must be prepared to aggressively conduct oversight on day one. OK, well, if you want to get a conviction, then you're going to need 60 senators. I don't even think that's possible because not enough senators are actually uh, up for re-election. In fact, I think Republicans are at a disadvantage in that regard. However, if they get the House, they can pass articles of impeachment, which will go to the Senate. Joe Biden will have been impeached. And then the Senate will say, now we ain't convicting. But either way, Joe Biden may end up getting impeached more times than Trump was. No joke. Because they can just keep passing these bills if they want. Now that they'll go anywhere. The conservative impeachment drive is reminiscent of that orchestrated by liberals four years ago, as Democrats took control of the House in 2019 under then President Trump. At the time, a small handful of vocal progressives wanted to impeach Trump, largely over accusations that he'd obstructed a Justice Department probe into Russian ties to his 2016 campaign. The idea was repeatedly rejected by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, not least out of fear that it would alienate voters in tough battleground districts. The tide turned when a whistleblower accused Trump of pressuring a foreign power to find dirt on his political opponent. A lie. You see how they're gaslighting you. I take you back in time. They say the tide turned when a whistleblower accused Trump of pressuring a foreign power to find dirt on his political opponent. Joe Biden at the time was not running for office. Nobody was entertaining the idea that he run for office. It was only after a video was published showing Joe Biden engage in a quid pro quo with Ukraine that Donald Trump said, "Yo, what's up with that? Tell me what you find with what with what with, with uh, what happened there." And then they went, "He's going after his political rival." And everyone everyone was like, "Joe Biden? You think Joe Biden's going to run for office? The dude's like 80." And he did. And now they're gaslighting, trying to make you think that what Trump did was in response to Biden running for president, but he was not running. He had not announced. No one was entertaining the thought. Trump went after the corruption. I wonder if the reason Joe Biden ran was because they needed a corporeal form. That's how they described it. I think New York Mag said this. They said, we need your corporeal form, Biden, to win. They wanted to anti-elect Trump. They needed anybody who could run so that they would get Donald Trump. they would get people to vote against Donald Trump. Joe Biden also, as a bonus, then could claim that Trump was trying to dig up dirt on him. Creepy. With moderates on board, Pelosi launched a formal impeachment inquiry in September 2019, eight months after taking the speaker's gavel. Three months later, the House impeached Trump on two counts related to abusing power. And what did they see? Jeff Van Drew quit the Democratic Party and became a Republican and then won his primary as a Republican in a landslide. That shows that moderates were unhappy. You see, Pelosi promised and the moderates promised if you voted for them in these 31 Trump districts, they would stop the culture war. They would focus on kitchen table issues, insurance, jobs, the economy. And then as soon as they got in, what did they do? They bent their knee to Nancy Pelosi and said, yes, we will impeach Trump. What a kick in the balls to anybody who thought they would actually get helped by these people. And they learned their lesson. A major swing in favor of the Republicans in 2020. Not enough, not enough to win back the House or the Senate. In my opinion, they could have taken the Senate, but Donald Trump was obsessed with his, with his fraud narrative. And then we actually had videos of people saying they wouldn't vote because of it. I got to tell you right now, my friends, if you want Joe Biden to be impeached, and I do, you have to go vote. Put a thumbtack in any other issues. Get your friends, go door to door, register voters right now. Every single person, should go talk to your two immediate neighbors and say, just want to make sure you guys registered to vote because the election's coming up soon. That's it. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But people who register to vote typically vote in their first year, in their first election. This is what we need to do. If you're concerned about malfeasance in any capacity, be it Joe Biden's or or anywhere else, anywhere else, you got to win and get the Republican subpoena power. Now, primaries matter. And we've seen a lot of great people win in their primaries. So things are looking good. Next step, win in the House. Democrats are gaining in the polls. Pay attention. They're going to say at least eight resolutions to impede Biden have been offered since he took office. Three related to his handling of the migrant surge. Three targeting his management of the U.S. withdrawal of Afghanistan. One denouncing the eviction moratorium designed to help renters during the pandemic. And still another connected to the overseas business dealings of his son, Hunter Biden. I'd like to point out, that the eviction moratorium may have actually violated the Third Amendment. I know, it's funny, right? Everyone's like, the Third Amendment? We never talk about that one. That the government cannot quarter soldiers in your property. And so, when Joe Biden issued this eviction moratorium, it did cover many veterans and active duty, or I should say active duty soldiers, more importantly, who now could not be evicted from property as a violation of the Third Amendment. It was interesting. I don't know. I don't know where that one went. I mean, the whole thing ended, but... They now want to go after impeaching Joe Biden. I think it's the right move. Here's some more. Here's here's some more. The National Review says, save our political system, impeach and convict Joe Biden. Okay, yeah, they really do want to go after Joe Biden. That's a fact. And um, I think they should. Charles Cook writes, if we keep doing what we're doing, we'll keep getting what we want. To avoid getting what we are increasingly likely to get, Congress should impeach and convict President Biden. Evidently, Biden feels as if there are no consequences to violating his oath of office. Last August, Biden double, tripled, quadruple checked whether he was allowed to order another moratorium on evictions without Congress. And he concluded that he was not. He even said this. He said, well, you know, I probably can't do it, but I'll do it now anyway. Then he did it anyway. On the outrageous grounds that the time it would take to litigate might allow him to keep this going for a month at least, I hope, longer. That right there he should be impeached. He said he knew it likely wasn't allowed, but he would do it anyway. Last Wednesday, Biden pulled the same trick with student loans. That the president does not have the statutory power to cancel college loans has long been so obvious that even Nancy Pelosi has managed to acknowledge it. The president can't do it. That's not even a discussion, Pelosi said last year. People think the president of the US has the power uh, for debt forgiveness. He does not. A A week ago, Biden did it anyway. With the help of what might be the single most cynical and embarrassing legal memorandum in modern American history. And why wouldn't he? Given that presidents have started to get away with such behavior as a matter of routine. In 2012, President Obama told audience after audience that he couldn't suspend deportations through executive order because there are laws in the books that Congress has passed. Those laws in the books by Congress, Obama said more than 20 times, are very clear in terms of how we have to enforce our immigration system. I'm not not a king. I'm not the emperor. There is a path to get this done, and that is through Congress, he insisted, and then he did it anyway. And nothing happened. In 2019, Donald Trump followed suit. Exasperated by his repeated inability to convince the Democratic Congress to appropriate funds for his border wall, Trump announced that he discovered some emergency laws on the books that conveniently enough allowed him to go it alone. Trump then took $6.5 billion from the Treasury, and nothing happened. Complaining about Trump's unilateralism, the Brennan Center noted that Trump's pivot had been executed for the express purpose of subverting the will of Congress and warned the public of the dangers that would be posed by allowing Trump's declaration to stand. The Brennan Center was correct. Only three years later have elapsed since those words were written and inspired by the lack of meaningful accountability that he has now watched two presidents enjoy. Trump's successor just took a set of illegal actions so enormous in scale as to beggar belief. Trump stole $6.5 billion. Joe Biden has just taken between 100 and 200 times that figure. What sort of danger, I must ask, might be posed by allowing that declaration to stand? Yeah, fair point. We can't function this way. I'd argue stagnation is better than unilateralism, for sure. And this is where we go. This is where we are. Biden's DOJ releases staged photo of Mar-a-Lago documents. We got to get this guy out. Joe Biden needs to be impeached. Take a look at this photo. What's the purpose of it? It's a photo of top secret documents strewn about the floor. Some of them are redacted. Many say top secret. The commander in chief of the armed forces decides what is classified and what isn't. There is no definitive process by which the president has to go through to declassify. If there were, the president would not actually be the commander in chief. The committee in charge of declassification would be because the president would be unable to actually negotiate terms in war, which is insane. So what did they do? They spattered these documents across the floor and took a picture and said, look at these documents. And now people are saying, if Trump really declassified them, where is the proof? Because it doesn't need to be. There does not need to be proof in order for Trump to declassify anything. He can just take out the document, and say these are now declassified. It's really, really dark times for this. Joe Biden should be impeached. I think so. Yes, Joe Biden. I understand Merrick Garland is in charge of the DOJ, but the buck stops with him. We got to do something. Let's go back in time. April 29th, 2018. Trump says Democrats will try to impeach him if they take control of Congress. He was right. They didn't just try to impeach him. They did. You see, people don't understand that impeachment does not mean conviction. People think impeach means remove from office. It does not. It means indict. And then the Senate moves to convict. But you need 60 plus votes in order to actually convict a sitting president. So Not likely going to happen to Donald Trump or Joe Biden. But is this it? Are we doomed to just go down this cycle endlessly until something is done? I think we've got to impeach Joe Biden. It must be done. Jennifer Jacobs on Twitter verified senior White House reporter for Bloomberg News tweets. Federal prosecutors likely to wait until after November election to announce any action against Trump. If they determine he broke any laws, sources tell C. Strom, this is um, Chris Strom, Bloomberg News, under DOJ policy, no investigative steps 60 days before election. This year, that's September 10th. This DOJ decision makes it unlikely anything would be announced on whether any charges will or won't be filed against Trump until after November 8th, sources said. While he isn't on the ballot in November, Trump has endorsed candidates who are, and he leads a fierce political movement. He recently demanded that he be reinstated as president or a new election be held. Trump also might declare he's running for president prior to November. Trump needs to do that now. I know a lot of people are like, but what happens if then the Republicans lose in the midterms? I'm like, yo, look, dude, I got to tell you this. They're going to come after him. Trump's best course of action is to announce he's running for office. It's not a shield. It's not perfect. It's better than nothing. Here's what they're doing with these documents they're trying to make it impossible for Trump to run. They're going to claim under some records act that Trump is now ineligible for office. They're already tweeting it. They're saying Trump tried to stage a coup. Trump cut classified documents and violation of the records act. He is now ineligible for public office. It's not true. They can't actually stop him, but they're going to do what they can to keep him off the ballot. Then in many states, they will remove him. While that may not matter in red states, it certainly matters in swing states. If Democrats get control and remove him from a swing state, Trump loses, period. It's over. In which case, Ron DeSantis may be the better bet. Seriously. Now, some people are saying Trump with a VP DeSantis and then DeSantis gets 12 years. But Rick Santorum told us on TimCast IRL, the idea that a Republican would hold the White House Republicans for 12 years is, is, is wishful thinking. And that's true. I think it's a fair point. So what do you do? The risk is at the last minute, they could pull Trump off the ballot. And then what? If there's no DeSantis on the ballot, or if DeSantis is under Trump, now you're in trouble. But you know what? I think even if it was DeSantis, they'd pull him from the ballot too. They are going to play every single dirty game possible, every procedural move. Listen, when, when playing to win, you use every loophole you got. Sure, you might argue it's dirty. But politics has never been clean. Look, go look, go look at uh, Aaron Burr. Yeah, politics has never been clean. They don't want Trump to run. I think that if it switched to DeSantis, they'd go after him as well. But he's a lot harder to get. So here's where we are. I don't think this will stick unless we get a kangaroo court. Considering the federal government, yeah, we might what may happen is they won't file an indictment now. They'll wait until after the midterms, indict Trump for this. Then they'll try and get a kangaroo court, a Democrat appointed judge to convict Trump, bang the gavel, and then say you violated this records act and now you are ineligible for office. Seems to be where we are headed. Yeah, I can't see the future, my friends. I can't. On Tuesday, the Department of Justice filed its response to the request that a special master be appointed to independently review the documents seized during the raid of, of Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, saying that classified documents were likely concealed in the estate in violation of a grand jury subpoena. As part of their filing, they released a staged photo of the documents that were seized. I want to explain something to all of you. Staged does not mean manipulated with the intent to, to hoax someone. I was covering a protest in Anaheim. They are protesters, the flag. And a reporter, I think the reporter, I'm not going to say, I don't, I don't know which company the reporters from, major, major broadcaster, told the guys, get on your knees and hold the flag up. So all the guys came together, struck a pose, he took a picture. That's called staging. It doesn't mean they weren't real protesters. It doesn't mean the flag was given to them. It means they were asked to strike a pose unnatural to what was actually going on. This is a staged photo. They spattered these things in the ground, set them up, put a ruler of some sort around it, I think it's a ruler, and then took a picture. Because these documents were likely in a box. They wanted to show people a bunch of different top secret front pages or whatever you call them. And they wanted to say that Donald Trump had these documents. They wanted to create an idea. That's staging. It's what they did. The NARA referral was made on two bases. Evidence that classified records had been stored at the premises until mid-January 2022 and evidence that certain pages of presidential records had been torn up. The filing stated that personal effects are not subject to return, citing several reasons, including that that the evidence of commingling personal effects with documents bearing classification marks is relevant evidence of the statutory offenses under investigation. But hold on. Donald Trump has unilateral declassification powers. He doesn't need to ask anyone. Who would he ask? They don't get it, do they? there is a hierarchy. There is a point at which you are the commander in chief. The president doesn't need to ask permission. If the president is going to negotiate with a dictator, he doesn't say, what am I allowed to say to him? He says, let me handle this. You elected me to be the commander in chief. I'll do my best. And maybe their best isn't good enough. Maybe they're bad at their job. That's fine. But Donald Trump had the ability to declassify any and all of these documents simply by saying so. And he did. Pretty sure he tweeted about it. But it doesn't matter. Regular people don't know. They don't know the difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. They say, "Yo, you complained about Hillary Clinton, but now you don't care about Trump. Hillary Clinton was not the president. She did not have unilateral declassification authority. Trump does. What do you want me to say about that? That's it. It's not a statement liking Hillary and, and or or liking Trump. It's just a fact statement. The president decides. Here we are. It's a coup, huh? A preemptive coup. They have done everything in their power to stop Donald Trump. And it's because Donald Trump I think wants to eliminate the bureaucratic state. He wants to fire these long-standing standing unelected officials who are working with, within the US government, unaccountable to the American people, unable to be fired. The permanent government, they call it, is a problem. We need to do something about it. Donald Trump is one way to do it. He says he's going to fire everybody. They're talking about 50,000 people getting fired. Realistically, maybe 5,000. But you know what? I'll take it. Something's got to change because this is the corruption. Just recently, a, a uh, an FBI agent from the Washington Field Office was escorted out of the building after being forced to resign over political bias. Why? I don't think because of the political bias. I think because they got caught, because he had been tweeting about it. I think it, I think it was tweets that he had posted, so they removed him. But what about the rest? The Washington Field Office raiding the home of Donald Trump and for what? Notice how they put the Time magazine box next to it. It's just so weird that they did this. Why? Why didn't they take the documents and put them on a bed and line them up so you could clearly see them? It's weird, isn't it? And I have to wonder about the redacted pages. I would assume that these redacted pages are actually just part of one document, but they're trying to make it look like it's a bunch of documents. That's the name of the game, I guess. Secret SCI, top secret SCI. They want you to think Donald Trump is doing illegal things so that you stay away from him. They truly fear Donald Trump. I'll throw it back to that article they wrote about Tim Pool luring people in with with his music that's not political. Oh, no. Some people were like, this is insane. Like you can't even do anything without them claiming it's political. Here's what I said. I said the goal is to build culture because culture is influence. So they're not technically wrong. But the idea that I'm luring people to the right when I'm like a centrist, moderate type. Well, they're extremists and they're in a cult. Anyone to the right of them is an extremist because they're nuts. That's how they view Trump. Trump is what they fear. But I'll point out, When we start building culture, and it is apolitical, and it does end up becoming a hit, now they're scared. How did Tim get so many hits on his song? How come he's got so many sales? How come he's number two on iTunes? Uh Uh-oh. We're building culture. And when we do, we are going to use that culture to influence people, not about politics, but about values, personal responsibility, and the truth. I don't care if someone's a communist. I care that they know that you're a lying scumbag. I don't care if someone is a socialist or a laissez-faire capitalist. I care that they know the truth. That's why I'm a big fan of Jimmy Dore. Dude knows what he's talking about. Don't agree with his political opinions, but those are opinions. You're allowed to have them. I respect that he speaks the truth, and I respect that he goes after the establishment, the liars, the cheaters, the manipulators. That's what they can't have. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In the latest expose from Project Veritas, a woke assistant principal brags about indoctrinating kids and refusing to hire Catholic teachers, but it's much, much more than that, the post-millennial who wrote, who wrote about the story. This guy talks about how he won't hire people over 30 years old. Illegal. How he won't hire conservatives, pretty—I I think that's illegal. How he won't hire Catholics, very illegal. This dude brags about this. This is the importance of undercover journalism. Do you think this guy would ever go out and admit what he's doing? Of course he won't. Only in private, when he's when he thinks he's talking to someone who's agreeing with him, will he explain exactly how he breaks the law to target your children. Now the first thing I want to say. Project Veritas go, uh, gets undercover footage of Jeremy Boland, assistant principal at Cos Cobb Elementary School. It is, but one school. And you know what they're going to say. The left is going to say, oh, it's one bad apple. It's one school. That's not indicative of what's going on at any other school. No, I'm sorry. It is. We have a bunch of other stories that are very similar. We've got one story. I think I, think I have it pulled up from the Post Millennial. Take a look at this. Seattle Zoo hosts Youth Activity Academy to indoctrinate kids in critical race theory. They love to lie. They love to manipulate. I see the memes on Facebook. And they say things like, your racist grandparents are now outraged that schools are trying to teach about race. That's not what critical race theory is. And so I I humbly respond to these memes, saying something as simple as critical race theory is, is rooted in critical theory. Marxist ideology of oppressed versus oppressor, but it tints it away from class and towards race. That's literally the fact definition of what the book Critical Race Theory describes it as. And then you get all these people saying, wrong, it's actually just a legal term for for racial disparities and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I am not making a moral statement. I am not arguing. I am telling you a fact that is in quite literally the book Critical race theory explaining how the inception of critical race theory occurred. That is, Kimberly Crenshaw liked Marx, said oppressed versus oppressor. I get it. But Marx doesn't understand race. So we need to take this concept, bring it to America and apply race to it. That's what people are mad about. Not to mention that critical race theory encompasses a bunch of other weird and kooky ideas that people don't like, but ultimately results in people trying to be racist. You've got Ibram Kendi who said that the only solution to past discrimination is current discrimination or future discrimination, whatever the quote was. Yeah, I don't like any of that. I want everyone to learn the history of uh, slavery and racism. That ain't critical race theory. This is what these schools are doing to your kids. They are lying. They use the media to lie. This guy knows he cannot reveal what it is he's doing. And the funny thing is, even among regular people who are posting these memes, they don't know either. Here's the story. It's crazy stuff. Bravo to Project Veritas. In a new video released by Project Veritas on Tuesday, the assistant principal of Koskab Elementary in Connecticut was captured boasting about how he doesn't hire Catholic teachers And now the teachers of the school sneak liberal ways of thinking into their teaching methods. This guy is effectively a cult leader. You know, not the highest tier cult leader, but you you, you hear what he says. He knows he's breaking the law. He seeks out ideological framework and thinking. And then once he brings people in, who will teach democratic ways to the children? Quote, you're teaching them how to think. That's it. It doesn't matter what they think about. If they think about it in a logical, progressive way, that becomes their habit. Jeremy Boland was captured saying in an undercover conversation with a Project Veritas journalist. I would only say I've seen these things out here in West Virginia. I recently contributed to a micro school. It is a a Christian based micro school. Now, I'm not I'm not a Christian. I'm not necessarily big on um, organized religion or anything like that. But I certainly believe there's a good moral framework. And this school, uh, so they say it's the the religion studies is optional for parents. What they're really concerned about is giving parents a place to get their kids away from this. But I got to tell you, I think any good liberal should want their kid to learn about religion. And it is incumbent upon the parent to set the child straight on their values. That is to say, if you look. This guy, he wants kids to think the way he does and all that stuff. That ain't for him. In this expose, he talks about how parents think they should be the ones telling the schools how to shape their children. Nope. These people are cultists. They want your children because they don't have any of their own. You bring your kids to them and then don't be surprised if in a few years your kids hate your guts and call you evil. It's it's insane to me how many people come here to, to come on Timcast IRL. And they're like, I'm a staunch conservative. And my kids are going to college. And I'm like, why? Why are you? Well, first of all, how are you paying for it? Why would you do that? You know what's wrong with it. What is wrong with you? It's amazing how many people claim like, I know it's a problem, but my kids got to go to these schools. And I'm like, dude, fine. I get it. People struggle. You, you, how are you supposed to go to work if you got the kids? That's a horrible culture that we've, that, that we've built, and that is a problem. Kids should be with their parents while they're working, and that's the reality. But instead, what we have now, kids are being sent to indoctrination centers, and the parents are saying, but I have no choice. This is why when uh, I, 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 someone reached out to me saying, you know, you talk about this stuff, we need support. I made a, a small Five-figure contribution to a micro school so that they can get books, so they can help students, because I believe that we need to do something about this. And I'll tell you you what, from my perspective, I grew up with, I grew up, I went to Catholic school, didn't understand any of it, didn't have good teachers, I guess, but I had parents. I had good parents who explained philosophical ideas to me and uh, to the best, to the best of their ability. I think it would be great for any kid to learn about religion in school. And then if you're a parent who doesn't believe in that stuff, you simply tell your children and explain to them the values that are enshrined in our Constitution, how we want to protect the rights of individuals, how we care for each other in the community. And I got to be honest, the message of the, the, the story, the idea of Jesus is a great story. That's the that's the thing I, I, I talk to people. Uh, and, I, and I'm getting into this because this guy outright says he won't hire Catholics, right? That's, that's a big component here. The story I often tell people is that, uh, I, you know, I was atheist for a long time. Went to Catholic school, laughed, was like, this makes no sense, I don't believe in God. And then I met this dude who had a picture of Jesus on his wall. And I asked him if he was religious, and he said no. He just thought the idea of a dude who went around helping people was kind of cool. A dramatic oversimplification of the story of Jesus Christ, for sure. And I said, you know what? He's actually right. If all you take away from that is that there's a powerful story about a good guy who helped people, and you don't believe he was God or anything like that, that's still a good thing that we should we should hold up. So I'm not religious. But it's interesting the way these people operate. This guy knows he's breaking the law. He's breaking the law to discriminate against people who have values he does not like. When none of it's supposed to be coming up in schools anyway. This is evil. If you had a Catholic teacher who was secretly trying to indoctrinate kids to their religion in a public school, I would also say you need to knock it off. Let these kids you know, uh, learn on their own and their parents decide what they think is, is right for them. You're just acting in proxy of the parents. But what we get here with this guy and in public schools is not that. It's it's not secret Catholics trying to teach children about, you know, Lord and, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm sure it happens sometimes. I don't. I, we don't live in a world of absolutes except for, you know, I guess physics or something, but whatever. But these people think they're above the law They think they're smarter than you. They think they're better than you. And they're indoctrinating your kids. Look at this. He says, believe it or not, the open-minded, more progressive teachers are actually more savvy about delivering democratic message without really ever, ever having to mention their politics. It's subtlety. They'll never say, oh, this is a liberal or democratic way of doing this. They'll just make that the norm. And this is how we handle things. It's subtle. And that's how you get away with it. That's how you get away with it. Amazing. Look. I don't know how you expose all of the teachers who are doing this, but this is fantastic work, even if it is just one school, because you need to tell your friends and, and, your, and, and you like, look at what happened in Virginia. You, you've got these horrifying stories of young girls who are, who, are take, who are taking their own lives or trying to, and that's terrifying. And it's because of psychopaths like this guy. Parents need to be able to see this so you can understand, hey, maybe the principal at your school ain't this guy. Don't accuse him of being... But make sure you're paying attention to what what is going on in your schools, because these are the people and these are the things they do. Let me show you this. This is a big story. Police investigate bomb threat at Boston Children's Hospital. I find this one really fascinating. Why is Axios? Axios Axios.com reporting on a hoax that uh, was never really a big issue. Interesting. Now, bomb threats are bad. Everybody knows that. I've I've, I've had it happen to me. Which makes me wonder about who really called in a bomb threat at a hospital. Because I can't imagine some, you know, middle-aged conservative guy who's concerned about, you know, transgender surgeries for children is, is, is doing something like this. No. This reeks more of a false flag. But I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it's bad and you shouldn't do it. But the police certainly didn't take it uh, seriously. They didn't. Why is Axios, a national publication talking about a 20-minute fiasco that turned out to be nothing. Interesting, isn't it? It's because it gets gets clicks. In this article from Axios, they call it, look at this, they say, the hospital offers genital surgeries for patients 18 and up, but has consulted people under 18 if they meet certain requirements. They say police didn't share details about the nature of the threat, but it comes at a time when the facility and other children's hospitals are under siege from far-right activists for providing health care for transgender and non-binary youth. Now, this is related in a sense to what's going on with the Project Veritas story in that this man outright says one of the questions he asks of his potential hires is what they think about transgender kids. And if they don't answer correctly, he won't hire them. I've heard too many horror stories, man. One, I read read several stories actually about young girls being uh, driven to self-harm. There was one story I read where uh, a person said... Their daughter started exhibiting all of these things, you know, claiming they were a boy and things like that. And so what they did was they went to the school and they said, thank you to the school for helping my child through this. Then they waited a a short amount of time and said, got to move, relocate for a new job. Sorry, but thank you for your help. Brought their kid, their young daughter out of the city and away from all of these people and just got them off the internet without saying anything against the ideology or anything like that. And then within a few months, their daughter, they wrote their daughter went back to normal. Uh, they you know, let their hair color come back out normally, started doing normal things again. Just get them away from the cult. I read another story, uh, uh, many stories that are very similar, where, you know, uh, someone brought their daughter to the school. And it's it's really horrifying, too, because a lot of these parents are like, "I, I trusted the school to do the right thing and didn't understand why my daughter ultimately tried to take her own life. One story said that the daughter was going to these schools, identifying as trans, but at home, getting angry about being called a boy's pronoun or boy's names, but the school kept insisting. And then ultimately, the parents said that the source of anxiety was the school. Here's what I think was happening to this child. They wanted to fit in. They wanted to be considered normal or cool or something like that. So at school, they were going along with what they were told they should go along with because they wanted to fit in. But at home, they wanted to be themselves. And the school was making them feel pain because they were being pressured into this. These are horrifying stories. I don't have all the answers. I actually, I do believe there are trans kids. And I think it's because endocrine disruptors. There's, there's two big things at play here, endocrine disruptors, hormones and other chemicals and pharmaceuticals that are affecting uh, babies in utero, as well as kids who are in development, and that may play a role in kids having feminized or masculinized brains when they're female or male, so it's creating an inversion. I don't know to what degree the prevalence of that is, but I also know we have seen way too many stories of social pressure, transgender uh, or uh, gender dysphoria in kids. When you have schools that are actively pushing that, you are going to create very serious distress. This man thinks, he says, well, these older folks and these conservatives are brainwashed. You know, there's nothing you can do. And it's like, dude, you're literally brainwashing people. If you want to not brainwash people, you introduce them to the conservative and the liberal. You introduce them to many different ways of thinking. You don't say, oh, we don't want these kids to get brainwashed, so we're only going to let them hear one ideology and hire people who know how to inject democratic messaging. Bro, that's brainwashing. Psychopaths. Here's the thing I want to show you about the Boston Children's Hospital thing and why I think it was a false flag. They're trying to claim that libs of TikTok and Matt Walsh are directing violence and far-right extremists and all that stuff are targeting the hospital. Take a look at this. A call reporting the threat came in around 8 p.m. Wow, that's serious. The police sure have got, uh, sure, uh, should have gotten there within what minutes? Boston Police Spokesman David Estrada said, Officers arrived at the hospital around 9.20 p.m. and closed off the area of Longwood Avenue. The scene was cleared around 10 p.m. Now, hold on there a gosh darn minute. You mean to tell me that a threat came in at 8 p.m. and you didn't clear the scene for two hours and you didn't even show up for an hour and a half, basically? Sorry. Hoax. They said it was a false alarm. Outright. Okay, so it was a hoax. The police likely knew from the start it was not real, and that's why they didn't show up, and they probably just went through routine motions to show up. But of course now, the left is using this to brainwash, to indoctrinate. This is what needs to be exposed. They are coming after your kids. This is what you need to be showing people. The post-millennial, Seattle Zoo hosts Youth Activist Academy to indoctrinate kids in critical race theory. One of our staff members is participating on their panel focused on careers in zoos from a BIPOC perspective. What does that mean? Does that mean like, I don't know, like a bunch of white safari dudes kidnapped a bunch of animals or captured a bunch of animals and then brought them so we can stare at them and that's a problem or something? I don't know what that means. An organization operated by Tracy Castro Gill, formerly the director of ethnic studies at Seattle Public Schools who replaced math with courses on power and oppression, held Youth Activist Academy at the Woodland Park Zoo and the University of Washington. It is time, parents, to get your kids away from this stuff, to pay attention. In Arizona, school choice has won in thousands of parents' Are, are, are trying to get their kids into the schools of their choice. If conservatives, moderates, anti-woke people win on the, on the issue of school choice, the left will cease to exist in 20 to 40 years. No joke. Because parents ultimately need to decide what is right for their children. Some parents are progressive. But you see what they're doing is exactly what this, this, this expose from Project Veritas is, is it's the bullseye. You can see what these schools are doing. They are breaking the law. They are engaged in illegal activity to, to brainwash your children. Look at this. He says, they can find out so long as you never mention the politics of it. How, he says, he says uh, uh, how do you uh, uh, do this without the parents finding out? And then later down the line, they're going to they're gonna vote Democrat, and you will have done a great service to our country. These people are psychotic. Psychotic. It's a cult. They want to make sure the kids don't get access to other information. You see, the what what is you know there's a cult. A cult makes sure that you can't get external information that you are only going down their path. And so, when the left criticizes the work we do here at TimCast, I'm like, bro. I tell people to watch other channels all the time. I tell people to watch Kyle Kalinsky and Crystal Ball, progressives, because you need to know what they're thinking to understand their arguments. Fact. In 2019. Jack Dorsey said, "Liberal journalists only follow liberal journalists, and conservatives follow both liberal and conservative journalists." Tell me, which is the cult? And so they would say something like, "Tim Pool is a conservative." That's what they're claiming. It was funny. Hassan Piker, he did a review of our song, "Only Ever Wanted." Support our work. Click the link in the description below. He did a critique of it, and he called me a conservative. Do these conservatives? Do these conservatives? Blah, 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 blah. Broda wouldn't know what a conservative was if it walked up to him and said, hi, I'm a conservative. They have no idea because they're in a cult. They don't actually know what conservatives think. Their view of conservative is someone who disagrees with me. They think libertarians are conservatives. They're not. They don't understand and they can't understand because they're in a cult. Anything outside their cult is a conservative. It's like a buzzword. It's meaningless. Yet anybody who's a conservative who watches my my show knows that I'm not a conservative but that's what they say. And it makes no sense. And it's confusing. And it's not actually helping anyone understand what's going on in this world. That's the reality. It's funny when they write, you know, what far right is. These people are brainwashed and in a psychotic death cult. And I mean it because they're killing their own children. They're aborting their babies. uh, And that's what I mean. And they're sterilizing their children. But it's progressive. And my attitude is just like, dude. Far be it from me to tell you how to live your life and raise your kids. Personally, I think sex change for kids is—it's wrong to do that. But you know what? I'll just be—I'll just be completely honest. What am I supposed to do? Now, I advocate against it. Sure, I think these hospitals what they're doing is wrong, and they're lying for sure. But if these liberals and these leftists are removing their children's ability to reproduce and terminating their own children. In 20 to 40 years, there will not be this ideology. Only if you win in the schools. You see, they know they don't have kids, so they need yours, which is exactly what this guy is doing. This is exactly it. Bringing in cult members to indoctrinate your kids. If you win on the issue of school choice, if you wake parents up to what's going on in these schools in 20 to 40 years, the leftist ideology will cease to exist. And that's always been the case conservatives have more kids than liberals. The problem, conservatives aren't paying attention culturally to what's going on and they let their kids do this stuff. And conservative parents, many of them are so stupid that they would be like, yeah, these colleges are bad. I'm sending my kid to the local university. It's like, you you know what's going on there, right? And then the kid comes back with a shaved head. I hate you, dad. And they're like, what happened to my little pumpkin? Have you not paid attention? You know what's going on. And these people still say, I just, I, I got to be honest. When people come here, we have a conservative on the show and they're like, "Yo, I'm really looking forward to sending my kid to college. I'm like, oh, good luck with that. Hypocrite? Ridiculous. Anyway, good work to Project Veritas. You got to call this stuff out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Natalie Portman's crew. For the new show targeted by criminals in Democrat-run Baltimore, ah, uh, it's almost too easy. Get woke, go broke. Natalie Portman did a PSA a while ago where she said that her support for police came from a point of white privilege. All right, look, the police are still the state. I'm not the biggest fan of the institution. I think it needs reform. But this idea that having no cops would be better, okay, maybe. But there's so much more that has to go into that. For one, population density is a problem, and there's got to be some kind of security force anyway. You know, even the, the anarchist types are like private police, private security. And my response to that is arm yourselves. But for the time being, I'm a, I'm, I'm a realist, not an idealist. I don't know how we abolish the police literally without major reforms, cultural changes. So that being said, I get it. We've got cops. I'm more a fan of duly elected police, but Natalie Portman want to come out with that white privilege narrative. And now her crew's being targeted, targeted, by criminals. When you do high profile PSAs and tell people to support your cause, don't be surprised when you end up the victim of it. There's a lot more to this story, you know, but we'll, we'll get into this, too. But I also want to point out what happened in in uh, Portland. Crazy. They're just taking over streets. A street mob shoots at elderly men, accidentally kills one of their own. This is the world that you will get. With the ideology of Natalie Portman. Now I can sit down and have a conversation with, say, Michael Malice. And he says the cops are, you know, are bad. It's a light way of putting it. And we can have a discussion about what kind of security apparatus you would need. And maybe it's a private police force. Maybe it's you arming yourself. But these people don't even like guns and want to get rid of cops. Replace them with social workers. Boy, I tell you, this is what you get. From bounding into comics. They write, one of the most bittersweet joys in modern life is watching from the sidelines while woke left wingers are forced to suffer the consequences of their own dystopian ideology. The most recent case involves actress Natalie Portman and her involvement in Apple's Apple TV's *Lady in the Lake* TV series, which has become the target of criminality. Now, now hold on there a minute. Come on, I'm I, I'm I'm all about the nuance. Sometimes people get robbed. Okay, that's the reality. In every major city with police. Crime still happens. It's actually an argument for people being armed, in my opinion, but let's continue. The series is being shot in Baltimore, Maryland, a city that has been plagued with out-of-control violence and crime, which which, which was exacerbated by the mass rioting of 2020 in the wake of George Floyd's death. Portman, a staunch defund the policer, stars in the show alongside Obi-Wan Kenobi actress Moses Ingram in a story based on a 2019 book by Laura Lippmann. According to Endeavor Content, the production company responsible for the creation of the show, two local drug dealers confronted a crew driver and threatened him with a gun. An attempt was made to extort $50,000 from the crew, upon which they were forced to flee the downtown area of Park Avenue, where filming was taking place. I just want to point out, okay, crime does happen, but this is a little bit worse than your average street crime. Seems like they knew who these people were. It's hard to make such a story up, but this is just part and parcel of the Democratic Party agenda for the country in 2022 and for the foreseeable future. Baltimore is a bastion of left wing radicalism and anti-police sentiment, and the end result is an explosive crime and murder rate that is completely out of control. Of course, we're not supposed to notice any of this, and if we do, we'll be labeled as racists who support white supremacy rolled out by corrupt police and so on and so forth. Rinse and repeat. The pattern of denial on, on the part of the left at this point is simultaneously laughable, and dreadfully banal. Okay, can I just uh, tell you what this is really about? Revolution. We talk about civil war. And there's a meme right now where it's an NPC guy. And he's like, you can't fight the government without FF 15s And then the chat looking guy says, I'm not fighting the government. I'm fighting you. And it's like, that's a scary prospect. It really is. The idea that people are like, I don't care about government or law enforcement. And that's the issue here. With defund the police. Here's what I think we get. Now, a lot of people are just blindly following, being like, cops are bad. Well, you know, cops are bad for some reason, sometimes. That that I think is a fair point. You've got bad cops. You've got uh, quota systems. You've got things that I think are a problem. But the left knows there will not be a revolution if police stand in their way. And that's it. Cops are going to maintain the status quo. They are the principal wall between the left extremists and their beautiful utopia. So there may not be a civil war. I'll I'll, I'll keep it simple. You know, you've even got Mark Ruffalo, I I covered this the other day, coming out saying, like, there may not be a world that allows for making movies. Maybe I won't be around. And it's like, bro, do you think you're going to die in some kind of crisis, catastrophe? Maybe it's Trump. Maybe it's climate change. But apparently he does. This is what 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 you get. You get conflict. You get a culture war. And it may be that people on the right don't actually ever fight with people on the left. It may be that the left gets rid of the cops, takes over the institutions, and you get a revolution. Weimar Germany wasn't a civil war. The Bolshevik revolution wasn't a civil war. It was a rapid takeover by ideological forces. That's what they want. Let's read. Portman, for her part, helped make the bed that her production crew and fellow stars are forced to land. Back in June of 2020, the Thor Love and Thunder actress linked support for police to white privilege, openly insinuating That they keep white people safe exclusively while ignoring everyone else. Ah, we have her quote. We have her quote. You see, I want to point something out. I've been harping on culture for some time this past week, especially with the release of our new song, Only Ever Wanted. And this is why. Because Natalie Portman can do this PSA while starring in these big blockbuster billion dollar movies and help them burn this country down. Now, before we move on, I'll just give a quick shout out. If you want to support our work, click the link in the description below. Uh, Go to Bandcamp, buy the song, 69 cents, if you want to support us. If we get a certain amount of sales, we might actually chart. But either way, if if you want to listen to our music and help us build culture, it's one way to do it. Maybe the music's not for you. I can respect that. But we're going to keep producing more and more content. We have the goal of making content to challenge exactly this. Side note. The Daily Beast wrote an article saying Tim Poole's, uh, do I, I don't have it pulled up, though, I don't think. They're saying, like, Tim Poole's new new song is an attempt to lure people into his right-wing world. And it's like, ha, 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 ha. They're not wrong. They're just crazy. The idea is to build cultural influence. And they're afraid of it. Because look at what Natalie Portman can do. So again, click the link in the description below. Pick up that song. Listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or whatever. It's by Tim Cass called Only Ever Wanted. Here's the quote. She said, when I first heard defund the police, I have to admit my first reaction was fear. My whole life, police have made me feel safe. But that's exactly the center of my white privilege. The police make me as a white woman feel safe, while my black friends, family and neighbors feel the opposite. Police make them feel terror. No, I think you do, Natalie Portman. I think you make them feel terror. I've had bad run ins with cops. I don't panic or freak out when I see police. When cops stop me and I've been stopped, I just say, OK, yeah, sure. Cops come to my door. I say, do you have a warrant? Have a nice day. And look, maybe, maybe bad things happen. But what we one of the problems I think we have is that people like Natalie Portman push this narrative that cops are going to randomly just kill or harm a black person. Now, I've seen bad videos I've seen videos of cops arresting black people, but the challenge is always, is it because of race? The left living in their race world think that everything is about race. I watched one video recently. He's a black guy watering flowers and the cops are like, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, I'm pastor so-and-so watering flowers. And they were like, what are you doing here? And he's like, taking care of my friend's house while they're away. I'm watering their flowers. And they say, show us your ID. And he goes, I don't have to. And I'm not gonna. They arrest him. These cops are scumbags. They arrest him. And they charge him with like obstruction or some other garbage nonsense. Bro, if I'm watering my neighbor's flowers, you can't come up to me and tell me to hand over my ID. That's that's disgusting. And so there was a guy and I and I and I think that story is awful. Did they do it because the guy was black? I really don't think so, because there were many people in the neighborhood who who are and are not black. I think they did it because they're scumbags. And I hope they hear me say that spineless, pathetic. Scumbags. Bro, you see a dude watering flowers, you say, there's nothing to be done. But they give him some BS charges. Hey, man, I got no problem calling out scumbag cops who do that stuff and saying, we need accountability in that regard. But to come out and say that they're targeting people based on race, what ends up happening is you get kids who are told this their whole lives because, oh, the cops are racist, they're gonna get you. And then what do you think happens? They run scared from the cops. And then they're like, oh, but, you know, and and then and then bad things happen. The cops shouldn't chase after people and kill them just because they're running unless they're actually trying to make an arrest. I'm saying if a cop sees somebody and they're like, hey, you and the guy runs, what are you going to do about it? Just because someone's running doesn't mean there's probable cause of a crime committed. I think that's BS. But Natalie Portman is persisting, is pushing these narratives and making it worse. They're going to say this is, of course, sheer hogwash and not backed up by any statistical data. In fact, in August 2020, Gallup poll showed that a whopping 80% of Black Americans want the same or more policing in their neighborhoods. That's a fact. Natalie Portman's defund the police st- sentiment has been echoed by white elitist liberals for years now, and it hurts minority communities the most. By incentivizing defund the police movements, crime in Black neighborhoods spirals out of control. The secret to reducing crime and an increase is an increase in police presence, not less. The lives of black Americans don't matter to Natalie Portman. One iota. The only thing she truly cares about is typical left-wing virtue signaling. Now, now you see what I got to tell you? Culture is so important. Imagine um, Tom McDonald puts out a song and it hits number one, Hot 100. Everybody's jamming to it. It's in all the clubs. They can't ignore it. So I shouted out Tom McDonald several times and he hit number three on iTunes, Rap and Hip Hop with, with an old song. And I'm a good, good, good. You know, they want to ignore it. They don't want you to be able to speak up. And there are people in the industry who have spoken up and they try to destroy you. This is why Natalie Portman does this, because she's just look, she's vapid and she's I don't want to be mean to her in that regard, but she's just ignorant of what's going on. And she's like, tell me what to say and I'll say it. I don't care. I make movies that's is what makes things worse. Then she comes out and she's like, I'm Lady Thor. Police are bad. And then all these little kids are like, okay. And then look at what happens to their own production. You reap what you sow, lady. Sad, really. This has become a common thread on the left. White liberals have shouted loud and clear that the concept of white supremacy is a white problem. That logic means that only white people are are capable of solving it. Since blacks and other minorities have no agency or influence, at least that's what they think, that's what is commonly known as white savior complex and has infected the liberal hive mind to a startling degree. The slippery slope soon leads to the soft bigotry of low expectations, which is how society gets to the point where left-wingers make outrageous insinuations about black people not being able to find voting booths, procure an ID, or hire lawyers or accountants. The level of racist disdain against minorities on the part of the so-called anti-racist left is a parody unto itself. One of my favorite videos, Ami Horowitz, he goes to Berkeley. You guys have seen it. And he asks them, you know, can black people vote? Do they have the internet? And they're all like, no, no, it's really hard for them. And then he goes to Harlem in the Bronx and he asks, he, he asks one guy, he's like, this may be a weird question, but you have an ID and, and there's a lady. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, you do? And she's like, yeah, who doesn't? What are you talking about? And then he tells like, he's talking to one young guy and he's like, do you know how to get on the internet? And he goes, what? Yeah. And he's like, do you have a cell phone? And he's like, yeah, dude. Like even a 13 year old kid, you know, on the internet. what are you talking about? But my favorite moment is when he's there's like an older black guy and he's like, do you know where the DMV is? And he goes, yeah, it's just over there on 25th street. Like the, like the guy who thought he was being asked for directions because it's an insane question to be like, do you know where the DMV is? Hmm. I can't stand this stuff, man. I can't stand these racists. There was a Yale study we covered years ago that found liberals talk down. They, 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 they use smaller and, and lower grade level vocabulary when speaking to black people. Conservatives don't do that because these people are overt, racist pieces of garbage. I've experienced racism from these people. I can't stand it. And you try and come out, listen to Drew Hernandez, and he's like, he tries to ask a question and they throw him out of the room. Can't have that brown guy asking questions, they say. These people are disgusting, racist scumbags. They want to say the end effect is the kind of extreme radicalism that has corrupted the Democratic Party and the leftist establishment. The results are more dead bodies in the streets, more crime, more misery, less opportunities and the erosion of society as a whole. Yup. Baltimore has made headlines for all the wrong reasons. Most recently, Mayor Brandon Scott blamed the rising crime rates in Baltimore on the media who are focusing on it. It seems whenever Democrat policies begin wreaking havoc on constituents, those responsible become quite angry that people take notice. When ABC News questioned Scott over Baltimore's crime explosion, he rebutted with, I think that's a ridiculous question. I think that your station in particular has to understand this is not a hashtag. Blah, blah, blah. Virtue signal pushing garbage policies, woke ideology, letting it all burn to the ground. Portland street mob shoots at elderly driver. Welcome to the world these people have created. We'll soon come to a town near you if you do nothing. We need police or security. You know, my view of police is not that we need the state. My view is we need an organized uh, group that is responsible for security because the average person can't. We do need a decent amount of that responsibility on the individual. The right to keep and bear arms, for instance, I think is paramount. So perhaps what we do is fine. You want to abolish the police. Maybe you're a right wing anarchist, excuse me, or a left wing anarchist or whatever. Okay, well, we need we need private security then or everybody to be armed. Pick your poison, whichever one you think is the right one. Fine. But there's got to be some apparatus for response to violent crimes. Here's why I don't fall into the idea, the the, the idea or should say the realistic abolish the police. I can tell these cities abolish the police. I don't care. I don't live there you don't like the cops, fine, get rid of them. This is what you get. Okay, I don't live there. And if you live there and live through that while well, they keep voting for it, I don't know what to tell you, man. But I'll tell you this. If somebody uh, comes to your house and is threatening you, you should have the, the right to defend yourself. Some states don't allow it. There's a viral story right now. This uh, this girl's this woman's ex-boyfriend trying to break in. He's bashing the door in. So the dad shoots the door, killing him. He wasn't charged. Bro's trying to break into your house. You know if he's got a gun, he's acting violently. He's threatening your family. I think you have a right to defend yourself. Some states don't allow it. But let's stop. What if you uh, have a group of guys outside your house and they're, uh, trying, they're, they're, they're trying to break in? Okay, now you need backup. You, you, you by yourself can't deal with three or four guys. You can defend yourself, but they might come and they might cause you harm. Let's say it's a political thing you need backup. Maybe that's private security. Maybe that's police, but they got to be organized. Let's say there's a bank robbery. I don't think the, you know, maybe, maybe the individuals there can be armed. And if they all were, you're less likely to see a bank robbery. I actually, I think that's true. Imagine a bank robber comes in and he pulls out a gun. He goes, nobody moves. And then everyone just draws on him and stops him. Don't put it that way. We see that in Brazil. People would think twice about raising a weapon to try and rob somebody. Maybe people don't want to have guns. OK, maybe they hire private security guards. But in the event you've got high powered weapons, there are circumstances where I think you need an organized police force or more importantly, let's say a child is kidnapped. There needs to be an organized force that can help stop the person who's speeding down the highway with a stolen child. Imagine if it was just regular people, not organized. And there's probably a way to do it with social media. But imagine someone grabs a child from a supermarket runs out the door and the mother screaming, help. And everyone's like, what do we do? We can't shoot at him. He's holding a child. He gets in the car. He takes off. What do you do? Cops have walkie talkies and communication and they're positioned all over. So you can be like, this is what we're looking for. They can surround him, stop him, save that kid. That's the best case scenario for police. I don't think that's like mostly what they do though. So I understand, even if you get rid of them, maybe you just need private security or something. But ultimately, that just devolves back into policing. So what we really need is accountability and the assurance of rights and things like that. Otherwise, this is what you get. In Portland, they took over a street, these left-wing psychopaths and and random other people. An old man, seemingly panicking, tries to get away from the mob. I don't blame him. We watch these people shoot people. He crashes into a car, so they open fire on him. It looks like they may have seriously injured him. In the process, they killed one of the people there and injured another. Yo, know, I don't want to live like that. I live out in West Virginia, and uh, out here, people are armed, but uh, no problems where I'm at. I hear gunshots all the time, and I don't think twice because uh, people shoot out here. Not really worried that much about it. If I was in a city and I heard gunshots, I'd be worried about it because where are they shooting? Now, I can understand in big cities, you got issues. You know, it was uh, last year or so we had Luke Kaski on the show. And I mentioned there are real challenges. Like, I think everybody should have a right to keep and bear arms, whatever they want. But you got to imagine that somebody with a 308 in a cubicle apartment in New York, that's going to overpenetrate. That's going to go through walls and hurt somebody. And then Luke was like, well, then maybe we don't allow 308. i I'm like, oh, nope, nope. Maybe you have responsibility for this. But there's, there, there are big challenges. And I get it. Somebody buys a rifle. They're mostly responsible. They're in New York. It accidentally goes off and hits somebody. Now that person is Paralyzed they survive but they're paralyzed. That's 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 messed up. And then what? They sue you, but this this is another broke person, so there are issues there that I think we can try and work through for sure. But I'm still very much like All right, Natalie. How about this? Your guys for your show, you give them all guns. Then when someone tries to hold them up and threaten their lives, they can protect themselves. Cuz you know what, even with cops, when what's the saying? When seconds matter, police are minutes away. That's the reality. It's the unfortunate reality. I don't tell you, man. If someone really was trying to break into your house, you call the cops. You're just hoping they get there before the person breaks in. Otherwise, you got to protect yourself. And these people don't want that. In this in this report from Andy, no, they just straight killed the guy who was trying to escape because they're psychopathic authoritarians. They will kill you if you defy them in any way. That's horrifying, isn't it? Yeah, well, what what do we hear from the FBI? That it's the ultra MAGA, right wing. They're the real dangerous ones. What a scary prospect, this world that we live in right now. Natalie Portman, you reap what you sow. You advocate for this stuff. This is what happens. I don't have all the answers. And I certainly don't like the idea of police, you know, on every street corner or an expansive surveillance state or anything like that. So there's got to be reform and a middle ground. And I think that middle ground is people get guns. Second Amendment. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.